Okay, so this is Professor Latinx Podcast, and I also just want to take a second here to celebrate our Indigenous Peoples season. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank you, um, everyone and um, our ancestors for for all the sacrifices that have allowed us to be here, actually, in this space to disseminate and to share. Um so, Professor Latinx, today what we're going to be kind of talking about is superheroes and masks, but superheroes and masks in perhaps ways that we might not think about them with all of the MCU stuff and uh, the comics and so on and so forth. Superheroes and masks for Latinxes, Latinas in our everyday existence in our everyday existence especially on a campus that is white predominantly white and that only wills itself to see us when it wants to and how it wants to so with that um we have in the studio today we have nicole and caitlin and danny and peyton and I'm actually going to hand over the facilitating of this discussion to Caitlin. Caitlin, welcome. Cool. Thank you. Um, so when Profig kind of invited me to kind of hold this space that's talking about Latinas and makeup, I was like, okay, the three people that I immediately think of <laughs> is you all, like, <laughs> right away. And so Honored. I wanted to kind of open up with this first question of just kind of giving folks a sense of like, what is your relationship like to makeup? Is it a tense relationship? Is it one that's kind of in constant like evolution? And what kind of comes to mind for you when you think of your makeup practice? So whoever wants to jump in in that. I'll bite. Mm -hmm. um, so if you've ever watched One Day at a Time, mm -hmm. uh, there's like an ongoing joke that the grandmother will never be seen without makeup. Yeah. Right? Um, and so growing up, um, every time we went out, my mom would put on lipstick. Like that was like the, the thing, right? L lipstick and like having her nails painted and that, that was it. Um, and then... When I got to, like, as I was growing up, like, my sister was very into makeup, and I was, you know, just being a teenager, so I went through, like, my stages of tomboy, and then emo, and then I'm gonna do all these things, it's gonna be great, and then realizing that, you know, my hair would never do the, the, the whoop, <laughs> so I was like, alright, so I guess the, the emo look isn't really what I should be going for, and, like, the fake hair extensions, like, yes. you were pulling your hair, oh just would God. never, yeah, they would never say. look Some okay. They were so bad. <laughs> they were so bad. Um, and so I experimented a lot with, like, really cheap, like, NYC mm -hmm. makeup from Walgreens and all of this nonsense. Um, and But then in college, I, like, went through this rebellion of, like, no, I'm just going to go barefaced every day because what's makeup? Why should we? Who are who am I appeasing? Mm -hmm. Who am I looking good for? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, and it took me a, a really long time. I don't even know why this love of makeup started, but I started seeing it as something for me, something that made me feel good. Mm -hmm. And like just grabbing the fucking red lipstick and like putting it on mm. um, just made me feel powerful in like a really weird way. So that's 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 where I am now. I'm dressed yeah. up like Ursula because why not? Because so makeup, right? <laughs> Screw it. Yeah, that's me. And it's important to know, I think, also before we proceed, that Nicole's glasses currently match her lipstick, <laughs> yes. which is Always. also a very delicate art because <laughs> one cannot exist with clashing reds on their face. That is true. Mm. That is true. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, growing up, my mom was the same way. She Italian. was really into makeup, but, um, you know, my parents, they were a little bit stricter with makeup uh, in terms of what I would wear, so mm. they did allow eyeliner. Mm. And so when I was going through my own respective emo phase, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would wear just, like, the black eyeliner, and then I would sleep in it, and then it would be mm. all gross the next day, and I'm like, this is what I'm going for today. <laughs> um, so I... <laughs> And then I would just paint my nails black. Uh, that's like my favorite color to wear still. But uh, And then I sort of didn't really, I haven't really paid too much attention to makeup until maybe the last couple of years. Um, I guess that's mostly a curiosity for me. And um, it's uh, it's relaxing to me when I watch makeup tutorials to look at those. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's taken me a long time to figure out how to do the wing. And even though, like, I look up YouTube videos and they're like, this isn't cute. I'm like, I know my wings are not going to be perfect according to, like, like influencer standards. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I still love my wings. They make me feel really powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's taken me a long time to figure out because at first it was like a little baby wing. Mm-hmm. And then I was yeah. like, I'm going in. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that I've sort of worked up the confidence uh, in terms of I really like playing with my eyes a lot and so um, my lips has been a little bit harder because uh, it's hard to find lip colors that match my skin tone or that don't like wash seem like uh, faded or washed out Mm. Uh, and so like you know I would look at magazines and see like oh wow like that color really pops in their lips and it was it's been really hard for me to find lipsticks that I really loved and that didn't have that effect where I would put it on I'm like this doesn't even look like I'm wearing uh, you know, mm-hmm. lip color. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's been sort of a journey for me. But I do love wearing lipstick and I'm I'm finding uh, brands that I really love. And that feels really great to me. I think for me, um, what you said about the eyeliner thing really resonated. Um, and that's something that I kind of interrogate in my comic called Winging It. Um, because my I, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. And when everyone started to wear makeup, all of the white girls would wear like just under eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom like wouldn't let me wear that. She would only let me wear like winged eyeliner. Um, and at the time, I didn't like it. I would like go and wash it off and just like go in the bathroom and do it underneath. Um, but then like I guess once I started to actually embrace the wing, um, I started to feel more comfortable in my Latinidad and um, I do think that a lot of how I understood being Latina was through makeup mm-hmm. and how I connected with a lot of other women of color, but also like exclusively um, Latinas was through makeup. And so I guess um, I think recently with because I, I chopped my hair off mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think now it feels like there's more attention to when I do wear makeup and when I don't, because it seems like that is almost always a statement instead of just like, it's like what I'm feeling today. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe I mm-hmm. chose a little bit more sleep and I didn't have the time or mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but now I feel like there's always this attention to whether I am or not and what I'm trying to project. Mm-hmm. And like I think that something that I don't like about that is that like I think that people um, have kind of been questioning or like I guess – presume that I'm questioning my relationship to womanhood and I'm not Mm -hmm. even when I'm not wearing makeup yeah yeah. so I guess that's something that I've been thinking about lately a lot Mm -hmm. yeah just to kind of jump off of the like this idea of kind of like these state almost like statement jewelry right but statement Mm -hmm. makeup 
um, something that I noticed because I take a lot of selfies and I was glad that at Onda Latina that, that Peyton's kind of performance was about sort of that um, aesthetic of the selfie. But I oftentimes do that as a way of kind of recording mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. progress that I'm making because mm-hmm. um, similar to, to what Danny was saying, like even just a year ago, if you look at kind of how my makeup looked, you can see a lot of hesitancy where it was sort of like trying to figure out a way for my eyeliner wing to kind of be consistent with the one that I would see in like a magazine or that I would see in a makeup tutorial and then realizing what actually kind of was a better fit for me was one that was sort of more dramatic and more obvious to the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why that's kind of also stood out to me is I've noticed that when I post Let's say like today I'm not wearing my wing because I didn't have time. But when I post like a makeup photo without the wing, I typically have predominantly white folks that I know commenting on that photo and saying, we Mm. like your makeup so much Mm. better this way. Mm. I like when your makeup looks natural. And I mean, even as recent as yesterday. So I I posted this thing about like, okay, a lot of people are prompting me to do makeup tutorials. Can can folks kind of give me feedback of what you would want to see? And somebody who is an unnamed white person um, responded to that and said, your eyeshadow always looks so great, but I really hate how you do your eyeliner. (laughs) And this is a consistent thing that either my eyebrows or my, um, which I always call like my manufactured eyebrows, (laughs) um, and up until now have cost $1.99 to produce. Now it's like $8.99. (laughs) Thank you, grad school. Um, But it's something that I've always noticed is that it's it's almost like the the eyebrows and the eyeliner are things that sort of provoke response from people. Mm. Um, And I wonder if y'all also have had experiences like that kind of building off what Peyton is saying of moments when people almost feel like makeup is on your face so that like they can comment on it or Mm -hmm. respond to it in some way. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that when I wear more dramatic or at least dramatic in the sense that maybe it's a color that um, is really bright Mm -hmm. or a color that I'm I don't I usually tend to like more reds or like neutral colors. Um, But then sometimes I'm like, oh, let me try this like purple lipstick so people notice and yeah, they might have reactions to it that's like, oh, um, I really like that. But like, I really like when you do stuff that's more mm-hmm. natural. So it's like almost this <laughs> tendency to like, um, it's like almost unsolicited feedback on your appearance. Um, yeah. When I've cut my hair really short, uh, I remember a coworker telling me, oh, uh, I I mean, I kind of like it, but you know, I liked you better with long hair. And so that was definitely like, why, why would you tell me that? Uh, and so just unsolicited feedback on my appearance no matter what it is or if I'm not wearing makeup it's like oh you look tired Mm -hmm. Uh, and so like (laughs) it's sort of like a a tense relationship because um, for me my eyebrows are like oh I love my eyebrows so I try uh, um, I know we talked about this earlier today but uh, my eyebrows become my compass for like my self-care and so if I look at my eyebrows I'm like oh girl like let's get you let, let's get your eyebrows done that becomes like you know that becomes a mood for me I'm like okay yeah. I, that means I gotta like that's it's a way for me to redirect myself and refocus the attention on myself mm. and so uh yeah but then like you know that doesn't mean that like when I go to the nail salon there's there's always like feedback that's like oh yeah like why did you wait so long and mm. I'm like, hmm. so I'm like I don't know yeah, so I think that that's sort of my relationship to my eyebrows and people giving me feedback that I didn't necessarily ask for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, or that I would want either. Yeah. yeah. I, um, anytime I do my eyebrows and I'm at home, my mom's always like, I don't know why you're trying to make your eyebrows darker. Mm-hmm. And like, the, I don't know why that connotation of like, why you would want to be darker or why you would want mm. to add color to your face. Um, when, 
I mean, like, I'm like, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm filling it in. <laughs> like, that's, that's the terminology if we want to get technical. But, um, yeah, I think that that's political. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that to, to say that it's not is ignorant. Mm-hmm. I wonder to what extent, because, I don't know, I, I've, uh, I went through a long time of trying to, like, meld in the background as we were talking before as we started recording. Uh, sorry, uh, if you missed that part of the recording. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, obviously, I stand out because I'm ginormous. Um, and I've always been, like, the bigger person in a room, typically. Um, and so, when I started wearing makeup, it's like I purposefully made it so that fuck it i'm just gonna uh, just be all red and it's today's gonna be purple and yeah. whatever um it's gonna be great um but then i wonder because whenever my family like my grandmother my aunt my mom would like oh you should put on uh, lipstick or you should do this you should do that yeah. it was always very muted mm-hmm. um yeah. like this whole wear, wearing red much, like right? wearing red was huge and i did it in college and mm-hmm. it was like earth shattering because Aww. you don't we don't wear those colors you have to wear browns and like things yeah. that match your lips and i'm like what the fuck's mm-hmm. the point of matching <laughs> your damn lips <laughs> like I'm you can't see it <laughs> yeah and i'm like and if i put on gloss it just looks like i just ate greasy food i'm like what's the point i'm doing that anyway all the time what's the point we need it to stand out y'all <laughs> okay a couple of yeah. things there that, that immediately makes me think of beyond sort of like the lack of practicality to lip gloss in the sense that if if you do have longer hair, the hair is going to make contact with your mm, mouth at some point, oh and it's just a real pain when it's a windy day. So <laughs> I really resist the industry standard of, like, glass is ideal. No, it's Mm-mm. not. Nope. nope. Um, you've never stepped outside. <laughs> but I, I'm thinking about, so there's a lot, like, a kind of a common thread amongst our experiences is this issue of, like, making sure that your makeup is muted or neutral. And I think that's really interesting in part because, like, I remember in high school, my mom gave me two options. She's like, she bought me these like little tiny kind of eyeshadow palettes that are almost like the, it looks like a line of each color and it's like a trio. And she gave me one that was like, uh, like icy blue glitter kind of color. And then one that was like a baby pink. And she said, you have brown eyes. These are the two colors that magazines say that you can put on your eyes. And me being an impressionable 15 year old who was like, I'm finally out of Christian school. High school means that I can wear makeup. (laughs) That's a really unfortunate years of sort of sticking to that standard of, oh, you have brown eyes, therefore this is the mm. procedure that mm-hmm. you must abide by. And I wonder if we could maybe talk a little bit about the fact that there is a shift that we see sort of in this like Eurocentric makeup industry towards um, light glam is kind of the current term right now, but also just kind of like neutral looks and neutrals in terms of lipstick is a really profitable um, sector of the makeup industry. And I wonder if we can maybe talk about the challenges that come with going to the store and trying to find a neutral that actually oh matches, one, what we're looking Mm-mm. for, and two, that push towards kind of having um, this understanding of neutral always residing within kind of this white mm-hmm. understanding of makeup. 
So neutral makeup, Nicole. How do you feel? I'm on a freaking rant now. <laughs> yeah, do it. Go. Like, Let's go. Okay, so I'm <laughs> obviously trienna, whatever, mm-hmm. like cafe con leche, whatever you want to call it. It's fine. Um, so I'm brown, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Have you ever been to Sephora, especially mm-hmm. here? Because mm-hmm. obviously back home, Puerto Rico, like that shit doesn't, doesn't freaking happen. You go to Sephora and then you try to get your damn shade matched, and it's like the most clownish, mm-hmm. like light ass color, light like, medium never, or dark. What's yeah, it it's be? like <laughs> it's either too dark, too light. They can mm-hmm. never match it, and I'm like, then aren't you supposed to be the expert here? Like, mm-hmm. oh well, you know, we don't carry those colors. Mm-hmm. Like until Rihanna came out with her damn Fenty shades. Like, bless her, bless her heart um, mm-hmm. and her money. Um, <laughs> because now I can find a, something that matches me. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to find colors like. I do a lot of online shopping, mm-hmm. um, especially when I'm broke. I'm like, no, let's let's get the the cheaper shit. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to go out of my way to find yeah. swatches on people that look like me because even like the makeup companies hire white people to do their PR and like all the pictures that they put on their Instagram and their feeds. And, like, I don't know if you know what swatches are, uh, Dr. Aldama, but they're basically just <laughs> trying on the lipstick on your arm, right? Um, just to see what it would look like. Yeah. Um, and I would spend so much money. Like, it took me yeah. so long to realize, oh, the reason it's not showing up yeah. is because the swatches are done on light skin. Mm-hmm. And it's not for me. Duh. And then it's so yeah. funny. Now that they now they put, like, the medium, light, medium, dark mm-hmm. model so that you can have a general idea of what it's going to look like on your arm and then you'll see some shades that just literally don't show up and it is the saddest Mm. fucking thing yeah and i wonder too in terms of price point right so like prior to rihanna you've got like i don't know estee lauder or something where it's Mm -hmm. like that's maybe your like single brand that you can kind of turn to for a shade range um but then even still right that it's it's an issue in terms of access of what's readily available at the store that you can't go to the store and automatically find your shade Mm -hmm. um and i say this as a white passing person who can indeed find their shade but also if you look just kind of at the visual rhetoric of like the 42 white shades it's so sad and like the the many racially ambiguous models that kind of model those shades and then you see like two or three kind of like tangibly dark shades that are always Especially like chocolate yeah. or coffee yeah. or cocoa, like always those consumable. Names. Yeah. yeah. Something that always has to sort of be identifiably consumable as people. But it thing. struck me like what bothered me coming here, because like back home, you find the shades like that is not a problem because, you know, we have like people are very mixed back home and you see every shade, every single shade. But here, like anywhere that I go, it's just mm-hmm. white, 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 super dark. Yeah. Choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like figure it out. And it's so heartbreaking to mm-hmm. not see a space for me here. I don't know. It just it it's something that I've never quite gotten over it. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart constantly. Yeah, it can be really frustrating. Uh, and I've mostly just done eyes and lips, but I've been starting to do more full face stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really difficult because mm-hmm. a lot of shades that I get are either too light or too dark. Mm-hmm. And then I've spent this money mm-hmm. on products mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, my God, they don't even match. So mm-hmm. it can be really frustrating as I'm sort of navigating that. And then my skin is also really sensitive. So mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, like, here we go. I'm going to put this product on my skin and let's see what happens. 
uh, and then break out and in a rash or something the next day or and so that can be um, frustrating too because I'm like I'm not sure how my skin is going to react to this so I'm almost also taking a chance with my skin so um, yeah I think that when I when I actually went to I think I went to Target to get like Eolaf or something you know mm-hmm. I was looking at the different shades and it was it was very slim pickings and I was I felt very overwhelmed because I'm like I don't really know what my options are and I've trying to do this all by myself and you know I don't really want to go to Sephora and have somebody say like oh well we don't have your mm-hmm. shade right and uh, and then I also because I'm in Ohio <laughs> my skin color changes throughout mm-hmm. the year so I can be uh, a lot darker than I am now um, because with less sun my skin is just the color is going to change and so I can't have one foundation all mm-hmm. year round it's gonna change yeah yeah, I feel like I've mostly just given up on foundation. <laughs> I'm That's like fair. bronzer and blush all the way, mm. um, and highlighter. I try but oh, but yeah, I love highlighter. Yeah, <laughs> but in terms of foundation, I've mostly just quit because it's just yeah. I think it, it is. I don't know about like the either the sensitivity or the texture of my skin. Um, but it, for me, it's not the issue of not being able to find my shade since I'm also white passing. But I just there it it does always feel like a political experience um mm-hmm. either way and so i just avoid <laughs> yeah there yeah yeah i think about it too like so all of us spend a lot of time like on campus which also informs at least in my case um the kinds of makeup decisions that i make because there's particular lipstick shades or colors that i know that if i'm going to be on campus for like I don't know, in upwards of eight to 10 hours, that hours, that lipstick color is not going to last that whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you all could also maybe speak to, and this might kind of circle back a bit to sort of this idea of like, how does one do their makeup for, for work, quote unquote, as a Latina? Um, but what kinds of decisions or choices do you find yourself making when it comes to kind of getting ready in the morning? Um, and is your makeup starting to take kind of a consistent routine when you do it? Or are you trying to build in that time to do it differently? when possible I feel colors so or I know that sounds weird like I feel colors. <laughs> um, I love it Here for it. but uh when I wake up in the morning mm-hmm. I try and f- uh feel out what color I'm mm-hmm. going to be wearing today and it doesn't I could wake up and be like I'm not going to wear like you know a color today I'm not going to have a theme but sometimes I wake up I'm like I feel like pink today mm-hmm. uh and it's funny because I grew up always wearing pink and purple and then now I'm just like, I want to wear black all the time. So when Same I do want to wear color. pink, yeah, <laughs> it's it's surprising to me. And I'm like, I need to listen to that. So mm-hmm. I try and um, feel out what I'm going to wear or, yeah, each day. And I know that it's going to be different. And I'm I'm trying to be okay with that instead of being like, no, you should wear this thing that what maybe would be like more, I don't know, like socially, like, I don't know appropriate for work or whatever but I'm trying to also challenge that a little bit by like maybe it's just like something that I wear um each day that I'm like I'm gonna gonna push this a little bit because I also don't want to you know live or work in a in a society where I have to feel like I have to you know censor who I am and so and I think that um you know that is a very sort of uh, real issue that um some of us experience and um, but I get tired of that. I'm like, I don't want to be afraid, like, of what yeah. other people are going to think. Like, I want to feel joy when I mm. get up in the morning. So I try and um, check in with it myself every morning. I think for me, I, it's usually 
a little bit like what I'm going to do for the day, but also like there are some days that I want to be a little bit more femme and some days that not so much. I'm going to just like wear a button up. Um, but recently I visited um, a seventh grade class at the Columbus Spanish Immersion Academy because um, they invited me to give like a guest um, presentation on comics, um, which was super fun. But in the emails leading up to my visit, um, mm-hmm. I noticed that the person I was in contact with kept calling, like using he, him pronouns, mm-hmm. um, probably because my name is like relatively gender neutral. Um, but because I had just cut my hair, I was also like hypersensitive to being <laughs> misgendered. And so I was like, I don't want to like walk uh, like walk up to this person and have them like still refer to me as like Mr. Del Toro. And so I was like, okay. So then I did like a full out makeup look for the first time like in a while. Yeah. (laughs) And like, yeah, I had like hella wings and like, yeah, pink lips, all of it. Um, And I I loved it. It felt really like fun because I I hadn't really done that with my short hair yet. Um, But it, it worked. But it's just it's interesting to think about the ways that I'm like, already anticipating how I want to be perceived today and what I can tolerate for the day Um, and how that impacts like how I choose to present. Um, But I also think like in terms of a a morning routine and thinking about that, um, something that I've noticed that I do and I think that you do too, Caitlin, Mm -hmm. um, is like to to take selfies and document your artwork in the morning (laughs) when it's still fresh. (laughs) Um, And I do see selfies (laughs) and Instagram as like a digital archive, like Mm -hmm. a curation of art. Um, And so I do think that that's also part of it. Like even if it looks rough by the end of the day, I at least have this this like moment and time to myself to appreciate the work that I've done Mm -hmm. and the care that I've given myself in this morning. Um, And I think that that is like I appreciate that time for sure. And also that you have control over the lighting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, under what sort of lighting circumstances Mm -hmm. that this makeup is going to actually be able to sort of shine. Um, Because I think about that for women of color, right? Like, there's a way in which selfies still enforce this idea of sort of like white women are best illuminated by these cameras. Mm. So when we think about like when I take pictures with like other women of color and we have a range of skin tones, it's a question of like, are we using flash? What lighting is going to be most conducive to make sure that like my friend's makeup also stands out? Like I have a beautiful friend named Quincy who also does makeup and she's a black woman and she always talks about the ways in which like she has to really make the technology Mm. work for her so that you can actually see just like the like honestly like vast greatness of her makeup um and it requires also just like a lot of time in terms of like that kind of staging but i think that the power in part that comes from that is that being able to decide on what terms does somebody see me Mm -hmm. um and that this makeup is framed so differently in a photograph compared to sort of like when you're running through your day or you're frowning because something happened or (laughs) whatever it might be but yeah i just i keep thinking i'm like Shit. Okay. Uh, I didn't <laughs> want to get into this. But obviously, so, like, <sighs> my feelings about selfies are very different because mm-hmm. there's always the whole, oh, you got to you gotta raise the camera so that people <laughs> don't see that you're fat. Like, and I'm mm. like, everyone can see it. What are you talking about? But that's okay. That's just me having my own conversations with myself. Um, And so I think a lot of the decisions that I make – um, whenever I'm getting ready for work, whenever I'm getting ready for anything truly is about comfort. I'm like, do I really mm. 
like do i do i want to wear heels today like how am i feeling do i really want to wear a push-up bra today like (laughs) uh, i'm like it's a lot and it's not comfortable i'm like do i want to do all of these moves today yeah who am i seeing is it really important how do i feel more comfortable and so makeup is always it's never a chore because i want to Mm. have fun and take Mm -hmm like just be happy with it um Mm -hmm. and so i only do makeup certain i don't wear it every day um i do it very sporadically um but it's because i want to play and i want to take joy in Mm. matching my 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 lips to my glasses so i only do it when i have time or when i'm going out on a date or whatever and i just really want to look cute um so like it a lot of it boils down to comfort Mm. um and it's the same with selfies. I avoid taking selfies. I hate it. Um, because, well, it's like part of the depression and anxiety. Like, I went mm. so long avoiding looking at, my, at myself in mirrors because I disgusted myself. Mm. Um, like, getting to love myself has been such a journey. Um, and I am very lucky that I found a partner now who's like, doesn't matter if I'm wearing makeup, if I'm not, if I just woke up, if I, you know, I'm feeling terrible. He's like, oh, you look so pretty. You're mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I'm like, and it's, it's, it's a journey. It's mm-hmm. a self-love journey, yeah. but mm-hmm. I never want makeup to be a chore. Mm-hmm. I never want makeup to be something that I have to do in the morning before I leave. I want to have fun. I want it to be fun. Yeah. Um, and it makes me feel better like yeah. that yeah. When, I, when I do it like that. I yeah. think about that too. So like as an eating disorder survivor, as someone who also similarly, similarly avoided the mirror for about like, I would say about 10 years. Oh yeah. Um, and still do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Makeup has actually been a really important healing tool for me in thinking about okay, in order to sort of accomplish and pursue the things that I want to, um, which under normal circumstances are always going to be challenging for me because I always feel vulnerable when my body is on display in any capacity, um, which is why I wanted us to talk a little bit about wearing makeup while teaching here in a moment. Oh, yeah. Um, But I think a lot about like, and I appreciate you kind of sharing those things, Nicole, and that Mm -hmm. vulnerability because I think that's, that's one of the struggles is like when I started wearing makeup, there was almost this embarrassment I would feel for a while because I felt like I didn't have a handle on my technique or kind of as Danny was saying, like, oh, maybe my methods are not consistent with sort of these like industry condoned standards and therefore it's not good. And what I have really had to retrain myself to do, and in part that's why I do like this is the second year that I've done like 31 days of seasonal makeup looks for, for Halloween time. Was Which like, were fucking wonderful, yeah, by were. the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> Check it they out. were so pretty. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because it's not only it's like having to sort of think ahead mm-hmm. and almost mm-hmm. like in, in the same um, – like vein is meal prep it's like makeup prep where it's like okay, i gotta do laundry because all of these colors that i need need to be ready um but also i think to be honest like doing my makeup before a conference doing my makeup before mm-hmm. a guest lecture is really important because i have debilitating anxiety to the extent that i am unable to maintain regular breathing when i'm in front of people and i'm standing because my body is on display so i have to then be intentional about Depending on my relationship to my body that particular day, which can sometimes be hour by hour or minute by minute, I need to make sure that sort of the silhouette that I've crafted in terms of my clothing, but then also the makeup that I've chosen, allow me to sort of also open myself up to be vulnerable to receive compliments, which I was not able to do for a long time. And in a way, it's sort of that that point of entry now where I feel like I can have conversations about my body in a way that feels safe because if people are complimenting like my skirt or my choices with like my shoes or whatever it might be, it's like, 
oh, it's actually a celebration of the fact that like somebody recognizes that I've spent this time thinking about like what colors work for me, what silhouettes work for me, like that this is as much a part, actually probably even more so to me, something that I think is representative of me than even these Mm -hmm. other things that I take on. So in thinking about that then, I wonder if you all could maybe speak to your experiences with preparing for a conference or preparing to teach. Because in my case, I pick my outfit before I prep my lesson. Um, and when it comes to a conference, I'm always very intentional that I will put on a blazer, but I pick my biggest hoops that I have and I have the biggest <laughs> wing that I can possibly Hell put yeah. because it's important to me that like other Latinas, especially mixed race folks and biracial folks see that like you can kind of like you can be dressed up and professional hoops are not unprofessional, um, though I've gotten pushback at conferences for sometimes wearing them. So I wonder what are y'all's experiences with wearing makeup when teaching? Do you wear it sometimes, all the time? And same with that, like, how do you feel about getting ready to be at a conference? Um, well, it gives me it gives me a lot of anxiety. Um, I get really nervous. Um, business casual is not my thing. It really <laughs> oh isn't. God. It's, yeah. it's, it's terrible. terrible. And I know that it's like, you know, it's, I just, um, I try and, um, do what I feel um, most comfortable in in that moment. And sometimes, especially if you're traveling, you're like, oh, my God, what do I take? What outfits do I take? Mm -hmm. What if I don't feel like wearing that anymore that morning? So so that can be a little frustrating. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that um, but uh, giving myself options and being kind to myself has been very helpful for me, whether I'm wearing makeup or not. And so sometimes I just wear sort of the bare minimum. I might just put my uh, liner on and then that I'll call it a day. Especially, I don't know, if I'm wearing business casual, I can already feel like not myself. And so I think that's something that I'm I'm still working through in terms of feeling comfortable because, I don't know, I I try, I want to like... I want to be daring and creative in the way that I dress myself, um, even if it means challenging myself. Mm. And I feel that, for me, at least, business casual doesn't allow for those creative opportunities as much. Um, but I do like the idea of, like, maybe pairing it where you say, like, okay, my wings and my, my biggest hoops. Uh, so I think jewelry can also be yeah. a way that I sort of get around the business casual, sort of, the because it can feel very sterile at times. I also feel it's important to mention that when we went to Knox this year, Danny didn't have her eyeliner, and she was able to repurpose a red <laughs> lip liner into her <laughs> eyeliner for the day, and it looked fabulous. Wow. And I feel yes. like I would be remiss if Wonderful. that was not underscored that Danny has a MacGyver sensibility when it comes to eyeliner. <laughs> I was pretty panicked. But <laughs> relatable. I just went to NWSA. And I was, like, getting ready in the morning, and I, like, texted my girlfriend. I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot my eyeliner. And she was like, what are you going to do? You wear it every day. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, But, yeah, I definitely used, like, my eyebrow stuff to, like, because I was like, I I have to do it. (laughs) But it is interesting to think about. I I mostly – actually, because – a little bit because I didn't have my eyeliner, and and, I felt like my – like the brown wings were just a little bit more sad than my like black ones. And so I was like, I'm going to just not. Um, but I do think that like thinking about the juxtaposition of the spaces between SoulCon and NWSA, which is the National Women's Studies Association, and just like the kind, the types of bodies in both of those, um, they like there is overlap. And also I, I definitely feel like, cause at SoulCon I wore like a high pony and like big wings and a little bit of lipstick. Um, whereas at NWSA, I mostly didn't wear makeup and I didn't really think about that until now. Um, 
I, I still think that, like, even though spaces like NWSA and SoulCon are pushing for, um, like, the mixing of, you know, queer people of color, um, mm-hmm. I still feel like I have my own things that I'm working towards like separating parts of my identities where like at SoulCon I expressed more like what I conceptualize as my like Latina femininity versus more of my like queerness at Mm -hmm. NWSA. Um, And I don't think that that's necessarily a reflection of the space. I think it's more so how I'm conceptualizing how I can move through those spaces or Mm -hmm. in the past how I have. Um, And I think that that's Something that I didn't really think about till now, but I'm definitely going to have to th- keep thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's my own approach. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have, like, a whole <laughs> mentality and mantra. I'm like, sorry. I'm being, like, super extra today, Dr. Aldama. Be I'm extra. Like, Be extra. Like, yeah. He's giving you the mic. Don't give it back while you got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I have all these feelings that I'm just going to share. Do it. I'm a lot. Um, what would Ursula so, do? I know, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, okay. So. <laughs> so. I have feelings about the fact that business casual is a very Anglo freaking thing to do. Yeah. And like if we think about how African American people and Latinx people in the US were forced to like um conform to these standards <clears throat> of beauty and yes. I straightened my damn hair for more than fifteen years mm. of my life, mm. right? Just to fit this damn standard. And business casual is at the crux of that nonsense. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so uh being a pop culture person, I go out of my way to not dress like that. Well, I don't mm-hmm. like it. And I thought I had to. And I still remember she shall remain nameless, but a person <laughs> that I had as an advisor um, before going to my first conference, she's like, so what are you going to wear? And I'm like, I actually don't haven't even thought about it. And I don't have to tell you because you white woman are not going to tell me what to wear. And so I wear my hoops. I wear my makeup. I just, again, comfortable as hell. I still remember going to a conference and I'm like, I bought this blazer, but I kind of feel like wearing a Batman shirt today and it's a comics conference. So I'm just going to wear my Batman t-shirt. And so I think being a person of color who already stands out at a lot of these conferences, Mm -hmm. um, like all of us, period, like as scholars of color, we stand out because Mm -hmm. that's not the norm of the fields that we're going into, right? Um, like making an effort to look different and making an effort to stand down. No, no, I'm I'm here and I'm going to talk and I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you about all the wonderful work I've been doing and you're going to listen and my clothes will have absolutely nothing to do with it mm-hmm. because it's ultimately about my wonderful slides, which I make amazing PowerPoint slides, yeah. um, I should just say. <laughs> um, and this is it and this is me and just recognize that. Oh, I just have feelings about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So kind of as we wrap up, then maybe we can kind of just briefly talk about now that we've kind of aired our feelings about (laughs) conference culture, right? And this kind of definitely like Eurocentric approach to kind of clothing, because even when you go to the the store, right, all of the silhouettes are very much kind of like a a pencil skirt or sort of like that pencil type body. Slacks should die. Yeah, slacks slacks should burn. Like they should just die. (laughs) Totally. So I wonder then if we could maybe close with thinking about um, what your experiences have been with makeup in regards to teaching Mm. and maybe how that's slightly different from conferences. 
Or if it is at all, maybe you approach teaching the same way. Uh, I just like I am here, I am teaching. <laughs> like I'm very explosive and I have a very animated personality when I'm <laughs> teaching. And so it gets to a certain point where my students just see me as a friend in a weird way, but a good way. Like it's yeah. still respectful, but it's they're they're open about their ideas. They're open about things. And then I kind of like all right, I don't have to dress like nicely anymore. I can wear my hoodie and I can wear my Frankenstein shirt and it's going to be great and we're going to have a lovely conversation and it doesn't matter. Um, in terms of makeup, it's 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 interesting because I will wear makeup as an armor, like as a mask, hey, mm-hmm. um, the first day just to like pump myself mm-hmm. up. It's going to be great. I'm going to grab the semester by the balls. It's going to be wonderful. Um and then at throughout the semester, I'll sometimes not wear makeup to class or I'll wear something or I'll I'll just vary it up a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, I went to a Lizzo concert. I, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like my answer is all over the place. Love I it. went to a Lizzo concert a couple of months ago and she came in. Oh, Danny was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. And she was <laughs> like, look at my outfit, y'all. And I was like, yeah, I should do that more often in my yeah, classroom. Yeah, and so I and like throughout the semester. I think you saw me with some of those shirts. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started wearing leopard prints. I started, yes, like, yes, yes. doing more things that I would never do in my life because I am black is life. Black makes you look more slimming, black whatever mm-hmm. um, kind of mentality. Um, and I just, I wore my leopard print dress and I wore my red lipstick and my red glasses. And I came into the classroom like, yo, can we talk about this outfit, though? And my <laughs> students just died laughing. And That's they were awesome. like, yes, this is great. We love it. <laughs> Um, awesome. And so it's been really good. I, I love teaching. I love my students. It's wonderful. But celebrating myself is very much a part of that and learning how to celebrate mm-hmm. myself with teaching, with makeup, with all the things that I do. And just having students feel comfortable enough to be like, yes, okay. Amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some uncomfortable moments uh, where my students have uh, commented on my appearance in ways that like, I'm like, oh, I don't really feel comfortable with this. Um I've had one of my students like, I, I like, is it subtle? He was trying to like, I don't know, get on me or whatever. And I was like, no. Uh, and so I think that, and then I, I, I become awarely aware of my body. So I think that um, for me, if I'm just if I'm just sort of blocking out everybody else and saying like, I don't care about how you perceive my body. I just want to be comfortable when I'm teaching. So. Um, I need to be able to walk around and move. So shoes for whatever, like become really important because if I can't walk in the shoes, um, then I'll feel like really uncomfortable. Uh, So I'm like totally investing in my feet now because I'm like, I want to wear heels. uh, So I'm wearing some heels today, Uh, but they're like a block heel, Mm -hmm. um, but they're still comfortable. And it's just a way for me to sort of navigate that in terms of like, okay, um, at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that like my appearance or what I'm wearing is not going to distract me or I feel like it's getting in the way of, of what I need to do. Um, even though I, I really the process of me getting dressed up, I really love it. I, it's fun. It can also be tense at times because I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, I've got five minutes. I got to figure out what I'm wearing. So that can be a little stressful. But, um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. I think for me. I teach in women's gender and sexuality studies, and so I would like to think that the reason no one has ever said anything is because I taught them well enough to not <laughs> say anything. Nice. But um, I think the only time that they did say something was um, when I when I chopped my hair off 
and I got a lot of compliments. Um, but it was kind of funny because they were teasing me a little bit because the week before I had made made them watch – I co-teach, so um, my co-teacher and I had them watch the Mulan chopping her oh scene. <laughs> and they were like, you were just, like, real inspired, huh? <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, but other than that, they haven't – in terms of makeup, I've been lucky enough to avoid that. But I've also only taught – for one semester. And I would say that when I went to that seventh grade school, all of the, not all of them, but there were a lot of seventh grade girls were like, I love your lipstick. And Mm -hmm. that was like a form of connection, which I thought Mm -hmm. was nice because I think it made it a little bit more engaging since, you know, growing up, I always thought comics were for boys. So Mm -hmm. I think that maybe that gave them some kind of like, oh, here's art and here's art we're drawing. So, yeah. I think that's a really beautiful wrap-up then. So then on that (laughs) note, thanks, y'all, for being here. I think it's really important opportunities for Latinas to talk about how makeup is a form of empowerment and doesn't have to just be this oppressive tool. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thank you all for kind of sharing your experiences of the ups and downs of that process. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Profe. Thank you, Profe. Thank you, guys. Thank you.